10 minutes remaining. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Happy from 10K Dollar Day. It is Friday, June 12th, 2020, and whether you're waking up or winding down, we want to be there for you. I'm Lulu Picard. And I'm Allison Burns. You normally hear our voices on our podcast, 10K Dollar Day. That drops on Wednesdays. It's comedy, it's imaginary travel, all that kind of stuff. However, uh, oh, no, and also... I forget sometimes how many episodes we have on Saturdays. We do bonus features and interviews. And this is our daily podcast. It's 10 minutes. It's never longer, never shorter. Here we are. That's right. And we're happy that you're here as well. It's true. Um, I found I found a story, Allison, about somebody who has like us at heart. Like we might be this kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Like our spirit There's- animal. Ooh, this is uh, this is for real. Yeah, a kid okay. set up a drive-by joke stand in Canada. <gasps> okay. Yeah. So people That's and it's free. Adorable. He it's sets free? it up at the end of his driveway. Mm-hmm. He sets it up at the end of his driveway. You drive by. He tells you a joke. <laughs> <gasps> and then you drive oh. away. Oh my gosh! He, that kid is gonna go places. That kid is going to get a podcast. He's, he's going to he's going to get something. He's going to get his own special on Netflix. Yeah, I hope so. Well, we're going to put the story right up on our show notes. I love it. You'll see the show notes on Facebook at 10K Dollar Day and 10K Dollar Bay pages. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Oh, I can't wait to wait to read about that. I don't think we can say spirit animal anymore. Oh, really? Mhm. Cuz it comes Why? from it comes from uh, Native American spiritual culture. Oh. Yeah. So you can't use it like in casual conversation. I read I that recently. No I will idea. also say I have not had a conversation about that with a Native American person. So I just read it in my reading this week. Oh, no, that's yeah. good to know. I think there's, I, a, I was there's not... a lot of um, terms that have crept into normal conversation that you would never think, you know what I mean, would affect somebody. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I caught myself saying yesterday, coming off of the same article, um, is totem pole. I say that all the time. Like, well, he's really low on the totem pole. Oh, I was about to ask in what context, but now I I have heard that before. Yeah, like not well, from you, you probably, but just in general. Yeah, you probably don't use that phrase then, but I know I do, and that's one, that's a phrase that a segment of the population it refers wow. to something very special to them, and it's not yeah. to be used for like casual things, which I totally get. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You no, know, like I love I to be educated on these sort of things because, you know, it, it comes from no sort of, it just comes from ignorance, you know, like, oh, I yeah, had oh, no yeah. idea. It just, well, because no one told us that, no, you know what I mean? Like, because you know, you yeah. just never knew. I read Absolutely. that article and I was like, oh, my language is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're so, right. I would, I I'm glad, you know, I'm glad to be educated on that, but it makes complete sense. Complete sense. Yeah. There's a lot of articles um, around and I don't, I'm really curious to know how other industries are handling the, I want to call it a revolution. I think, I feel we're in a little revolution. Oh, absolutely. Let's call it that. I agree. Let's, I like it. So 
I want to know how other industries are handling it because you and I are both in theater, which mm-hmm. is very open to these kind of conversations in general. Um, I think that, you know, like people try to have these conversations a lot in theater out even before five years ago, six years ago. So our other... There, there are a lot of articles floating around or lists floating around right now of language to take out of the rehearsal room, which is one of which is mm-hmm. how I where I found all this stuff that I was just talking about. And I'm wondering yeah. if other industries are doing that, too. Is there language yeah. to take out of the boardroom, language to take right. out of your human resources um, conversations? Do you know, like where? Right. How um, how informed are, is everybody going to be? Because I know theater people in general are going to be informed once. Absolutely. Well, yes. Yeah. Or at least in general. Yes, exactly. I think we're, we are the quickest. Oh, I don't know if I could say that, that we are the quickest to, to want and embrace, you know, five minutes remaining. I think we're the quickest to talk about it. I don't know if people sometimes always fully embrace it, but because we do shows that often have so many different, yeah. Yes. Yeah, then then sometimes the conversations come up. So I think that a lot of the conversations yeah. start maybe in the artistic mm-hmm. realm and then spread out, which is why Absolutely. most performers are on the more progressive side of things. I think because we, yes, as part of our job, we dive into those conversations. Yes. Yeah, you explore of. different different uh, characters in every show that you're doing. So if, if one of those characters, you know, comes from a different background than you, of course, that's going to, you know, those conversations are going to be had when, you know, if you're working a nine to five at a bank, you may not ever come into, you know, contact with someone with that conversation. So that makes total sense. Yeah. And right now, well, kind of, we're sort of in pre-rehearsal holding for 1776. And the conversations that are happening on a national level now were very intensely had in our process. So, yeah, yeah. You know, you think about that where, what did I do? I went out and auditioned for a job. And then I got a job and that job ended up becoming a hugely intense, intensive conversation about race and politics and um, the effect of our constitution, not our constitution, but the Declaration of Independence, how it was written, the language, you know, what that left loopholes for, all that kind of stuff. That's normally not what people sign up for when they're a freelancer. They're like, I want to do a show. So, yeah, here we are. And this yeah. kid setting up a drive-by joke stand. That's, I know. Sounds great. Uh, <laughs> I know. I wish I could drive by virtually. I wish I knew someone around him that I could be like on well, Zoom and be like, tell me a he's joke. He's in Canada. He's in Canada. So Canada listeners. Just drive by. <laughs> yeah. Canada <laughs> listeners. Find the kid. Go to the go to the the link and find that kid. Um, I think you have something to tell me about. I do. I Oh, God, I'm so excited. So I found uh, five black-owned wineries. And the the title of this link that we're going to put in the show notes is it's wineries every wine lover should know about. So immediately when I saw it, I was like, click. Um, <laughs> I was obsessed. I was so excited to read about all of these uh, black-owned wineries as well because I love that they're being highlighted. And I actually found this link through one of our bays, Lori Brown Kindred, who sent me a link about a whole nother, you know, uh, article about a family, a black family in Granada who owns this amazing resort. But then it linked to this winery and I was like this is what I want to read about so it's these five wineries uh there's one called Abbey Creek it's located just outside of Portland Oregon 
And the owner, whose name is Burton Faustin, he plants and maintains the vines himself, and he is considered to be Oregon's first recorded black Two winemaker. Two minutes remaining. Hold on. <laughs> He maintains the vines himself. Like he is he a one stop shop? Like he he's a one man winery? Oh, I I'm gonna let you guys read more about him. <laughs> no, I actually don't know um all the details, but I do know that um He's super hands on. Yes. And I know that it one of the funniest things it says in the article is that he had to convince his in-laws, who were the original owners of the vineyard, to let him make his own label. He was like, come on, <gasps> in-laws. Oh, wow. So, so now he's taken over it. People can go and they can taste the Pinot Noir and the Chardonnay and the Rosé. You know what? I... I don't like, this is such a snobby thing to say, but I don't like California Pinot Noirs and I love Oregon Pinot Noirs. So can we go? Really? Yeah. Can we go to his place and try wine? Yes. Because that Let's sounds Let's do perfect. it. Abbey Creek Vineyard. And I feel we could get the pirate bus <gasps> that we talked about yes. yesterday. Get a bunch of bays together. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And do a pirate wine tour up the West Coast. Yes. A pirate wine tour. I love it. It's a hashtag ready. Perfect. Yeah. You know what? And I don't think I've ever done. Yeah. I've never done like an Oregon trip. Do you know what I mean? Like. Oh, it's beautiful up there. 30 Mountains. seconds remaining. <gasps> the Pacific yeah. Northwest is one of my favorite places in the whole entire world. In fact, it's my happy right now. Just thinking about it. Do you like that segue? What's yours? <laughs> I do like that segue. Go for it with your happy. No, I just said it. You ruined you ruin oh. my segue. <laughs> my happy is that my parents my parents Ten, stopped by nine, unexpectedly. Eight, so that was seven, awesome. Six, <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow, five, my buddy, with friends four, like us. Who three, needs amenities? Two, one.